Welcome to the Internet of Nature podcast. I'm Dr. Nadina Khala, and I'm an ecological engineer and technologist. In this 10-part series, I will be interviewing entrepreneurs and innovators about their technologies for building greener and smarter cities, asking them the questions that could help you grow your tech-driven, nature-based enterprise. This week, I'm speaking to Derek van Riel, CEO at Tree Tracker in the Netherlands. Welcome, Dirk. Maybe to kick us off, you can tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and about Tree Tracker. Yes, sure. Uh, thanks for having me. Like you said, I'm, I'm Dirk, uh, Dirk van Riel. I'm CEO at uh, Tree Tracker. We're, um, well, I call it a scale up, uh, startup scale up, uh, based in Amsterdam. And basically, what we do, we, well, we deliver tools for green professionals uh, for making it easier for them to design and manage sustainable cities. And uh, of course, being called Tree Tracker, it has a focus on trees. We have our first product, which is a deep learning algorithm to fully automatically detect uh, trees. And uh, that's something we, uh, we've introduced in late 2019, beginning of 2020, with pilots and the first projects. And we are now uh, in, a, in a version uh, 1.0 and, uh, and alive and kicking. And uh, that's uh, basically the shortest version I can tell you about uh, a little bit about me and about Tree Tracker. What was kind of the inspiration behind starting Tree Tracker? Where, where did you see the need was? Well, I, I did um, studies in uh, forestry 15 years ago uh, before figuring out that uh, there wasn't much forest in the Netherlands to be uh, managed. So I had to uh, change uh, uh, my perspective on uh, on work a bit. And then I became a tree inspector. So um, I think in the Netherlands for the last 20, 25 years, uh, tree inspections have been on the calendar of green professionals. And uh, because we like to keep things uh, organized. Uh, so my first job 15 years ago was uh, tree inspections and uh, was just very uh, basic. Built laptop and uh, went outside, went to a rural area in uh, in the south of uh, Netherlands and, uh, well, just started entering data, the species and height and uh, trunk diameter of the tree. And of course, does it need to be pruned? Does it need to be cut down? Basically, in the last 15 years, not a lot has changed. So we're still manually inspecting trees. And then... All of a sudden, uh, Sobolt, one of our co-founders and AI company based in Rotterdam, uh, they came along and they said, hey, maybe we can automatically detect trees, measure up trees, and maybe even inspect trees. And then I was like, wow, that's something really game-changing, because if we can do that, we can change our focus from collecting data into using data in a smart way. So that was really an eye-opening moment for, for me and for uh, Sobolt and for Bomorg Nederland, which is uh, another co-founder a Dutch-based consultancy firm for, for trees. So that's basically the, the, the start of the idea of Tree Tracker, and that was, I suppose, two years ago. Yeah, I think a large part when it comes to applying new and emerging technology to the field of nature-based solutions and urban forestry is, of course, this idea that we can take a very, what is now a very reactive sector and hopefully turn that into a much more proactive one. Would you say Tree Tracker fits into that kind of overall mission? Yeah, definitely. One of the biggest uh, downsides of forestry and, and, and nature-based solutions is it's so slow in on getting uh, on board on innovation. And it was one of the reasons I 
uh, even uh, did a little detour in, into the software uh, and implementations uh, five years ago because I was so tired of always dragging along with innovations and always missing uh, missing the boat from from a from a professional perspective. And now with AI coming along with uh, all kind of remote censoring, with censoring uh, with with new possibilities and the urge that something has got to change to make us our society uh, our cities more sustainable then we really got the chance to instead of be the lagger be the early adapter as a green professional and that's something uh, i'm really enthusiastic about and that's one of the main focuses main reasons i, I jumped on board with tree tracker and i wanted to make a success out of it that's kind of been the the reaction in the green sector overall, because I know in general, the floricultural field and maybe nature-based solutions field as a whole, and I would say even just even broader ecology as a whole is not one that is particularly known for being early adopters of technology or as much as they may have been adapters in using uh, camera traps and GIS and remote sensing for nature conservation. When it comes to using all of these new technologies in urban nature, there's a certain resistance there. And I'd, I'd love for you to speak a little bit about your own experience as a tree inspector on the ground, now replacing really some of that work using a technology. How, how do you kind of deal with the almost controversy around that? That's a very good, very good question because I, I completely agree that there is there is a reaction every time I, I speak uh, to uh, colleagues and, and to other green professionals and I talk about AI uh, being used to fully automatically detect trees and uh, also in the near future inspect trees. Uh, there is this uh, disbelief. I, I just narrowed it down to two big parts of the type of type of remarks. So the one side is well, we don't believe it. We don't believe computer can, quote unquote, can, can really uh, replace my uh, experience, my, uh, and, and that, well, that's exactly what deep learning is, it is reference set uh, that's normally in your brain, but now in a, in a computer. So that's one of the, the reactions I get, just disbelief, we don't believe it can happen, it can work. And the other is fear, fear of what's going to, going to become of my work, what am I going to do? This is uh, scary that uh, AI can uh, take over a part of my uh, my work uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. I think none of those two reactions are um, are really the reality because the reality is, yes, if you uh, don't jump on board and if you uh, don't want to tag along for the ride that we are going to, uh, as a society, it's not just green professionals, of course. We are at the, the beginning of, an, of a new uh, revolution, I would say, which is, is a tech revolution where AI and, and quantum computing and, and, and all sorts of new innovation is going to change the way we work. And if you don't jump on board, maybe you lose your job, you lose your the things you now grab uh, onto. But if you are willing to be a, a bit more flexible, then you would see that, for example, tree tracker, uh, we're taking a, away a part of the tree inspector that is uh, repeating work, it's slow work, it's guessing, it isn't fun, basically. So we're taking away the boring part of the work, uh, we're automating it, we're making it more reliable, we're making it uh, a higher quality, uh, so you can, as a professional, can focus on the things that are more important. So what, are we, what am I actually going to do with the information? So not... Uh, focusing on collecting data, but focusing on using the, the data in a smart way. So that's not uh, um, uh, getting rid of your job, but that's changing the way you work. I think in a, in a, in a broader perspective, uh, AI, if used incorrectly, it only updates 
current workflow. So it only updates the way we work at this present point in time. But if it's done right, it is uh, disruptive. It, it gets you to think about the work process that you're actually doing now, the workflow you're currently using, uh, taking it a bit by piece uh, and, and putting it together in a different way. Uh, and that's something that AI can do for you. That's something technology can do for you. It's, it's disruptive. And if it's used right, it's very powerful. And it can be of very much use to you. And I stopped being a tree inspector because it was boring work. I didn't like uh, having to guess the height of a tree uh, 200 or 300 times a day. Uh, but it was a nice job to do. So I, I liked being outside. I liked to look at trees. So it was not to like, yeah? But if, I'm, uh, if I could automate a part of that, process part of that uh, work, then I would be ha having more fun work. Uh, if more and more people get to see that, I think that will be the beginning of acceptance of this new way of working. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what do you hope that now having freed up a time that you would have spent otherwise on data collection and now more on the data analysis and hopefully the, the insights and action part of that making those informed data-driven decisions as well. What are some of the use cases that tree tracker data is being used for today? We're in a phase that people are checking out the data, taking it apart piece by piece, like I mentioned. And they, we see that instead of the focus on collecting, like you said, it's now on smart usage. And we use it, our green professionals are used, our, our customers are using it to enter the, the, the problem of uh, the sustainable future city and designing it and managing it. They're, um, they're entering it in a different ways. So they're now looking at trees, not as just another asset that need to be maintained, but it's a part of the solution of your sustainability problem. It is not just a piece of wood sticking out of the ground. It is a, it's a trunk which stores carbon. It's a, a amount of leaves that are filtering out uh, air uh, pollution. It's giving us uh, a shade that retains water. So it's very important, but it's also adding value, adding value to your house if you're living beside a tree. It's also adding aesthetics. It's just nice to look at. In this time with the, with the pandemic, it, the, the sun is shining in the, in the Netherlands. Everybody's going to the parks. Uh, and they're not going to the parks because the, the grass is so nice to lie on. That's but they're going there because the trees are so nice. It is inspirational. It gives you positive energy. If we can start to look at trees as part of the solution of ma making sustainable future cities, then we need the good data. Now, okay, that's something automated uh, AI uh, algorithms can, uh, can take care of. So the green professionals can make sure that uh, the trees are a vital part of the design of the new cities or the new uh, neighborhoods that are being built at this current time. So uh, less time outside uh, working on collecting, more time on on uh, spreading the word that trees are very important and and, and managing it in a, in, a, in a smart way. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I've heard from many of my friends who are arborists or urban forests is, is the one thing that they enjoy most about their jobs is education spreading awareness, teaching people about trees. If they're out, you know, um, checking on trees, having the time in their day to actually, if people stop and ask them questions, to be able to answer those questions and inspire people. So it seems like Tree Tracker provides arborists and urban forests the opportunity to do so. I think one of the the first product that we Tree Tracker we are, are currently do, uh, making of made is, is is this automated tree detection. That's the first stage of getting reliable, up to date information. Uh, but it's also interesting to look at what different kind of information can we add and how can we 
get that across to uh, a large amount of people. It's, it's not the green professionals, they know that a tree is important now. If, if you uh, look at um, LinkedIn uh, uh, once, uh, once a week, you know there is an importance of trees there to be had. Uh, but it's, it's for the people living in the cities, they need to know exactly how uh, the tree is helping them in, their, in, in living uh, in, in this city. And uh, like, you, like you mentioned, a lot of people want to ask questions about the trees. I, uh, if I take a walk with friends, uh, I always get asked uh, all different kinds of questions. What is this for, for kind of a tree? And why is that tree uh, hanging on top of the other tree? And, and why isn't that growing? And, and, and that one is. And, and uh, people are very fond of getting that information. And I think one of the, the, the key um, uh, focuses for the near future should be for all uh, green professionals is to get that information across to people who are not professionals. Right, and hopefully be able to quantify what is a lot of times quite intangible benefits that comes to urban trees and cities as well. Exactly, yeah. You're listening to the Internet of Nature podcast. I'm Nadine Khala. Let's say you could you could go back to day one of Tree Tracker. What's what's one thing that you might do differently? I think at one point in time uh, we just went too fast, to be honest, and that's uh, definitely uh, a learning experience uh, for us. We uh, went from uh, in 2019 we had a different some pilots with some municipalities and one of them was city of Rotterdam 3,000 trees 50 kilometers of neighborhood uh, okay so that was a nice uh, compact size no problem we had good results and they were very interested in doing the entire city of Rotterdam and who are we to say no to a an opportunity like that, right? We are, of course, a company and we want to get uh, the show on the road. So, okay, no problem. But then we went from 30 kilometers of roads to 2,000 kilometers of roads and 3,000 trees to 200,000 trees. And then on top of that, we added a, a different scanner, uh, a different source of, of data, uh, which had up to four times as much data per kilometer than the pilot phase had. So we had basically 400 times more data to be uh, to be managed. We uploaded it to our cloud computing and we fired up the algorithm, deep learning algorithm, and it just crashed. It just crashed all over. And uh, that was basically going too fast too soon. We should have uh, started with a pilot, then did a small project, then learn from that, go to back to pilot, and then do a small project, then successful, then do a bigger project, and then to the to the, to the real big uh, cities and the real big challenges. But we got the opportunity. And actually, we learned from it also because that gave us the opportunity to very quickly uh, learn from, from our mistake that we made and rethink the algorithm, rethink the, the steps in the process, but also uh, make a, like a management software uh, next to the, the algorithm that could actually divide all of the data into blocks and feed it into the pipeline right. when it was possible and also scale up. So now, instead of always using 10 virtual machines, we can scale up to 80 virtual machines if we, if we need to. So uh, uh, we actually learned from that. And that, for 
we uh, one of the positive things about that is that we can now also plan our way of working. We use cloud computing, and cloud computing is very nice because it's remote, so it it looks like nothing is happening, but it's using a lot of energy. One of the downsides of, of deep learning algorithms is it uses a lot of energy, and if you can use make use of planned computing time and you plan it at night when there is less energy consumption, you can use more sustainable energy instead of by day in working hours where everybody needs energy. So you're using more of the traditional energy sources. So that's one of the big upsides. Thinking about redesigning your algorithm also gives you the opportunity of rethinking about what's important to you. And that's one of the, the, the big takeaways we got from that. But it started out as a, well, as a learning experience, I would have to say. You might have wanted to do things differently, but all those little mistakes add up to where you are now and all the lessons that come along with it, all part of being an entrepreneur. Definitely, yeah. Who has been the most influential person in your life that has maybe had a little bit of an impact on, on where you are today? Get energy from positive energy from people on a day to day basis. If I talk to customers uh, uh, with new ideas and new problems that we can solve, or talk to partners, we partner up a, a lot uh, with, with new brainstorming about new products, I get a lot of positive energy and uh, they charge me up to, to think about new, uh, new things. And um, also listening to podcasts and, and, and reading books about not only technology, but also uh, what, a, what a tree can actually add. The last couple of years have been fully packed with great books about uh, trees and, and technology and, and, and driving forces. But I couldn't name one person that really inspires me. That's maybe a downside of me. I take away from everybody who I meet and I, I use the, the, the positive energy and use it to make up my own mind. Oh, that's good. I mean, getting your inspiration from a wide variety of sources is also good. Yeah, I think, I guess so, yeah. What is maybe something that I didn't ask you that you uh, that you wished I, I would have asked you? Wow, good question. I'm always curious about people, everybody. Uh, what's your focus in the long run? We're in, we are, the, like I said, at the beginning of a, a technical revolution or whatever you call it. Uh, it's difficult to look far ahead, but I'm always, always curious what's your, what's your long run game? What, what do you want to achieve? Uh, so that, that's a question I, w- I, would, I, I would ask myself or I would like to ask you. Well, can I can I drop it back to you and ask what is the long term version of Tree Tracker? Where are you headed? <laughs> uh, I see that coming. Uh, yeah, that, I, <laughs> I I think we touched on that maybe a little bit because I would like to help people along with this in this technical revolution, in this way changing way of working, in in the changing workloads, in the in the disruptiveness of of AI. Uh, I would like to help green professionals to uh, to lower the bar for them and just make it easy to use all these technical advantages uh, without having to know everything about it, without being, being a scary big monster that you don't know how it's working. Uh, take away the, the positive uh, side of it. And I also like to help uh, professionals get the, 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 the word spread that trees are so important to the people living in the cities and to the, uh, the policy makers that we can't design and manage a future sustainable city without these trees. Uh, so that's for us the long run. Tree Tracker will always be a company uh, based on uh, information about trees. It's called Tree Tracker. But I think the deep learning algorithm we made now is just one tool, and, and we are going to expand our, our toolkit uh, every time. And, and maybe the next thing we are going to make has nothing to do with deep learning. It's just a, a way of collecting uh, information about trees 
in a very different way. It's something really different, but yeah. uh, with, the, with the same focus. And the focus is on getting people to look at the trees differently. And what would you say if we speak a little bit broader of the, the digital transformation that's undergoing this sector right now, besides Tree Tracker, what are some of the most exciting innovations that you've seen when it comes to using technology in this sector? I'm really interested in uh, the limited space in cities. I, I'm, I'm mostly focused on, on cities because there is the biggest uh, problem and the biggest uh, gains to be had. So that's the reason I, I focus on, on cities and it's inspirational to see what, uh, for example, uh, I talked to uh, Max Lerner uh, a couple of uh, months ago from New York City Parks uh, Department. He's one big giant battery of positive energy. This guy, if, if, you, get, if you get him to talk, he can't help but uh, make you enthusiastic about uh, everything he's doing. And he has a strong focus for uh, rooftop gardens, so green roofs. And I think that will be a, part, a great part of the solution. Looking outside here in, here in Amsterdam, I see a lot of flat surfaces that are now just tar and, and should be something else than that. Should be at least uh, solar panels, but definitely should have some, some green on top of that. Learning from, from Max uh, Lerner uh, is uh, listening to him. I, I can't understand why I'm not jumping on that roof myself with a tree and, and some, uh, some soil and, and planting it myself. So that, that's, re that's really something. Uh, I'm really interested in, in, in that sustainable uh, technology uh, of being able to, to, to use the, the roof gardens uh, as, a, as a source of, of, of green in cities. Sounds like I have to have him on. Definitely. To end today, a question that I'm asking all of my guests is, what does the Internet of Nature mean to you personally? To me, it's, it's, my, it's my core business is what I do from a day-to-day -day work. I, I, I used to call it green tech. The Internet of Nature is maybe more uh, suitable. It's, it's what we do and it's what I strive to get across to other people, to, my, to our partners, to our, our customers. If we want to uh, solve this big puzzle that we have in climate change, getting more and more people also moving to cities. Uh, how can we solve this puzzle? Then there is no other option than uh, using technology for us to design this sustainable future, this sustainable city for us. So for me, it's not something that's uh, nice to have. It's a, it's a part, of, a part of my work. It's my, it's my work. It's, it's my day-to-day -day work. And I wanted to, on, on a, a very simple way, be also be the, uh, a part of every green professional's uh, working life in the near future. Well, let's hope that this, uh, this podcast offers a small contribution to that goal. Let's hope so, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Dirk. This was oh, really it's very really nice. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Dirk van Riel from Tree Tracker. And thank you for listening. Join me next week on the Internet of Nature podcast when I will be talking to Mike Edwards from Sound Matters. This podcast is brought to you by Connecting Nature Enterprise Platform, an innovation of the Connecting Nature Project, which is funded by the Horizon 2020 Framework Program of the European Union Grant Agreement Number 730222. This podcast was produced by Little Red Flames.